0: Welcome to the Extra Podcast, to this uh, special episode. Today, I'm joined with Jeff Bucknam around the uh, plaid table. Hi. How's, and, uh, how's it going, we, Daniel? Hey, It's great, going great, Jeff. I, uh, You know, in your past sermon this weekend, you talked about a donair. And wouldn't you believe that in preparation for this podcast, I got myself a donair for lunch.
1: Donaires are about the best thing that there is. Mm-hmm. As far as the food, have you ever been to uh have you ever been to a really fancy dinner party or anything? Well, you probably but you know, like you ever been to some place where they you're supposed to maybe a wedding or whatever, and you think to yourself the thing you're eating is not as good as a donair? I've thought that several times. Yeah. I've thought, would I rather be sitting here eating this very high end sort of food, or would I rather be eating some sort of Halifax Doner? Or why do they call it a Halifax one? I don't even know what you're talking about. No, they do. That. They call it Halifax Donair. Hmm. That's what I've heard. Of. It's called a kebab in New, in New Zealand. Is yeah, they semi- call
0: that... That's what I've always known it as a kebab. Yeah, in a Chicago, kebab. they call it a, uh, a gyro.
1: A gyro, yeah. A gyro, a gyro. A gyro. People gyro. call it all sorts of things. Yeah.
0: Irregardless. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but I do want to talk about your sermon. Okay. And I want to... Mainly, I mean, you. this was kind of a vision sermon where you talked about where you want to see Northview go in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Right. Right, with what we're going to be doing in the long run. And so with that in mind, uh, there's a lot of questions about what you brought up. So why don't we start with this? And this can be a resource, hopefully, that other people can share with others uh-huh. and that they can use to... Uh, it's you know, a Q&A
1: Way and a session. Where you more go. More or
0: less, yeah. I'm going to try and grill you as you best be I can. Q, you be the Q, I'll be the A. Okay. Well, Jeff, here's my first Q to you. And I expect a, a okay. Okay, so first, can you just give us a recap of what you talked about? Yep. Uh, with the the mission, Great Commission,
1: Parable of the Talents, give us a quick, sure. thirty minute run through. Um, I was trying to make the argument that uh, in Scripture, the commission, the Great Commission, is is the mission of, of the church. Uh, Jesus was quite explicit, I think about, about that, that at the end of Matthew's gospel, he leave, he leaves them with the responsibility to, um, make disciples. And that's the, that's the main verb there to make disciples. And he tells, he tells them how to do that is by going, uh, and by baptizing and by teaching them to obey all that I commanded you. Uh, I think that sometimes we in churches get together, uh, our leadership and we act very much like a business who says, okay, so what is going to be our mission as a business? And it's supposed to be something you're supposed to put on the back of a t-shirt. And I think that that's, that there's value in thinking that through. But what's interesting about the church is that we're, we've been given our marching orders from our Lord. Uh, there they are in the great commission. And so he sent us out to do this disciple making work. That was my first big Point. Um, That disciple making work, secondly, is supposed to happen in the context of a local church. I think you see that in the book of Acts. I think you see uh, the history of the Christian church basically make that the case. Acts, in particular, when you get the Apostle Paul going into a new community, say Philippi or whatever, he preaches the gospel to different groups. He usually goes to the synagogue first or whatever Jewish. Uh, group is there. If there's no synagogue, sometimes he goes down by the river where there are Jewish women and he, he proclaims Christ to them. Some of them believe it, but then, but then after they believe, uh, he, he will form a, a body of people. Uh, he'll basically, he was church, he was the first church planter. And you know that because, you know, you, that's in Philippi and later he writes a book to, to the Philippians. Uh, even Luke, when he describes what goes on in Philippi, he shows first this uh, woman named Lydia, who's a very hot, like very uh, rich kind of fashionista, uh, a, a slave girl who seems to come to faith in Christ after being, um, in, after being possessed by a demon. and then there's Philippian jailer who comes to faith in Christ because of the kindness that Paul and uh, his com- comrades show, show the jailer after they had been. In prison, And the reason that Luke puts all three of those together is to show kind of the wide variety of the people who are in the church at Philippi. M- my point here is that the expectation in the scriptures is that once you come to faith in Jesus, you are plugged into the body of Christ, which has an actual practical look to it. So you're supposed to be in a church. So this disciple making work that is described in the Great Commission is something that happens in local churches. In fact, I, I, th- I cannot think of any other place where where people would be taught to obey all that he commanded them. Mm-hmm. So that baptizing and teaching ministry happens in the local church. Um, would you
0: say, too, that the going yep. portion is best done through a local church? Through a local yeah, church? so what
1: you get in Pisidian Antioch in Acts 13, sends out Paul and Barnabas. It was while they were serving the local church that they end up going out from that local church on their, on their mission trip, and they come back and they report to the local church, right? Mm-hmm. Later on, he leaves a letter. I mean, the letter of Titus, for example, he says that I, Paul says to Titus, look, I've left you in Crete so that you might uh, appoint elders in every location. So there seems it's not just that he's gathering people together in informal communities. He's gathering them together in communities where there's, where there are, you know, there's leadership and even institutional kinds of things going on there, right? Mm -hmm. Where they meet together at a particular time and there are a certain appointed uh, elders and Deacons and that sort of thing. And so I'm all I'm saying is that the the way that God is achieving his mission mission is through local churches. Mm-hmm. And it I think to separate those two things is a real mistake. Yeah. And that's not to
0: diminish the work of missionaries, but no. the hope would be that missionaries are paired with the local church
1: right and, right, and their been, focus would their focus ought to be There's so the question always ought to be for christian people no matter where they are whether they're teaching in a theological education in a seminary or if you're you know involved in an evangelism ministry or if you're involved in a poverty alleviation ministry all of those ministries are very valuable and important but the question that should be kind of in the minds of all of those missionaries should be how is my ministry edifying and leading toward or coming from a local a local church. The people that I reach as an evangelist, the goal ought to be I want them to either go from where I am back into local churches or I would like to see a local church founded here in this location where do you understand? So mm-hmm. if you're on a place where people are traveling through, they're going to go back into being local churches. That should be a major portion of what your focus is. Because people won't finish that they won't they don't continue in the faith, ultimately, if they're not plugged into local churches. There's a point I did not bring up this weekend, but it really is a huge issue, Daniel. I, lots of people profess faith in Jesus at one point and then fall away later. And the scriptures are really clear regarding this, the eternal state of those folks, mm-hmm. that it, it does not affirm, the, the Bible does not affirm their their um, their salvation, but instead raises questions about its reality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so... If you the, the real real disciples are ones who are disciples and continue to be so for the rest of their days. And so the church is one of the chief means by which God is going to keep them in, in the faith. Mm-hmm. And so the, the church is fundamental to disciple making and disciple continuing and all of that sort of thing. So my, my big point in all of that is that the proliferation of local churches, healthy local churches, is the key to to disciple-making. And then my last point was that to whom much has been given, much is required. And that's largely to focus saying, okay, well, who's going to do this kind of work then? This disciple-making through local churches and the proliferation or multiplication of those local churches. And I would say, yeah, well, every church has that responsibility, but particularly the churches that have been given more, I think God expects more from mm-hmm. And so I just tried to apply that to Northview and say, look, I think that we are the kind of church uh, in Canada in particular that has bears a huge responsibility for the mission of God, the making of disciples through healthy local churches. And if we're going to do anything in the next number of years, we should be doing whatever we can to multiply those healthy local churches. And there's different ways you can do that. You know, I made the point that you can You can do it through the training of pastors. I mean, you're in the Immerse program right now, right? Yeah. And so um, we're trying to train up pastors like you and uh, see them fill uh, pulpits and ministries around our our region and world. And that's one way you can bring renewal to, to existing churches. Or you can start new ones through people that you train as church planters, or you can you can start new ones, uh, you know, as campuses of your church with kind of a campus model or a video venue model or whatever. I don't really care. The model's not the issue to me. The fact that we're doing it is the issue to me. So that's there are different ways to do it. Uh, renewing through pastoral placement, renewing through replanting, renewing, th- just start starting with a church plant. Mm-hmm. But these should all be open game for us. And we should be doing any of them and all of them as, because... Right. And I think it should I think our posture should be proactive. That's kind yeah. of the reason I, I talked about the the parable of the talents is because the doubling of the master's money in that in that in that story, it it requires a lot of uh, an aggressive, proactive posture. Yeah. And I think that it's it's one thing for us to say, well, we're open to planting churches. And it's another thing for us to say, actually, we think that this is what the Lord would have us do. And we are going to give our money, our time, our energy to this mission Mm -hmm. because we think it's what God's God's doing. Because we have done, we've done the mission campus and we've done
0: Tri-City. Could you explain a little bit how those came to our hands? Because those were more of a reactive situation. Yeah, they were.
1: Uh, I mean, we we were open to it. And so of course, you know, the Lord is uh, gracious and kind wherever you are. If you open your hands to the Lord and say, okay, well, we're open to this. The Lord usually fills it with something. Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, he brought us the opportunity to, uh, to replant a North side community church in mission. And it became Northview community church mission campus. And it's got amazingly well in, in my view. I mean, the people up there are great and, uh, Ezra, who is a dear friend and a great pastor, has been really excellent at that work. It is a uh, campus of our church, like a deliberate campus of our church, and so that the the leadership of that of that campus uh, it is largely based in, at the Abbotsford campus. Although we're in the process of bringing on, hopefully, some elders and other leaders from that mm-hmm. location, and Ezra sits on our senior leadership, team. and they
0: would join the elder board at Abbotsford. Right. Which that's is, right. Okay. That would
1: oversee that campus and this one. Cool. Uh, Tri-City is a little bit different. Uh, the model is a little different in that it's more traditional church plant. We had a church planter. What makes it not traditional is that we partnered with two other churches to see it happen. And we're calling it a shared campus. That's largely because all of us, uh, are involved at some level. And we want, uh, Matt, the church planter to know that there is a, that we didn't just send him out and say good luck and pat him on the back. We there's a continuing relationship that he has. In fact, he was here this morning at our, our staff meetings. He comes every few weeks, and uh, I you know I go out there from time to time, and Greg Harris preaches out there, and so there's a real uh, sp- sponsorship and um, continued responsibility that we feel toward that campus. But so does Westside Community West Church, and so does Cross Ridge Church in in Cloverdale. So it, that's a cool. Story, in my opinion, and uh, it's one that the Lord has, has used. So my point is, even in these two, in these two uh, examples, so our mission campus and Tri City Church, you see, there's kind of our, we're kind of open to to the different models, whatever whatever seems to work with whatever it is that we have is kind of our approach at that point. Uh, and we're we're talking actively about other other campuses that we might be able to have Mm -hmm. uh, with utilizing the video. So like we already do venues on our campus.
0: Yeah. Can our center court? Yeah, center court and
1: west court. Court. So basically taking something like that uh, and moving it off of our campus into a local area, Mm -hmm. still running a children's ministry and a live band and all that sort of stuff. But basically uh, having that ministry on maybe the east side of Abbotsford or somewhere else in Abbotsford or whatever, we have a lot of people who come from those parts of our, our town uh talked about doing that in other places uh you know east of us and uh south of us and north of us and west i mean we've talked about all of that and we're very not just open but we're we just moved our i think our posture to to a more assertive mm-hmm. approach yeah more of a forward tilt yeah well i think we should be yeah there's not a whole lot of time i, I don't think there's not a lot of time to waste the, the you know our, our our region is getting more and more secular in some ways in some ways, it's, I mean, it's just less Christian in, in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, but it's also growing and there's a need for healthy churches right. and
0: people to be able to ha- be in a church that's healthy where they can be spiritually nourished in right. a good way.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of challenges in existing churches, uh, both doctrinally and in some cases just practically that they're they're facing, you know, in fighting at some points and others. And and our hope is that we can bring renewal to those or or plant, you know, so that the people in that region where those churches are, aren't left without a, a faithful gospel witness. Mm-hmm. Great. So then uh, you mentioned that, and my understanding is, so that's the vision and there's a twofold plan well, we of put, attack we, in this. The vision, we put numbers on it. So the, if you ask what the vision is, yeah, we want to Great. plant churches, but we want to be a proactive. Like, so so our, the mission of Northview Community Church Mm-hmm. Is to make disciples through the multiplication of healthy local churches. Mm-hmm. Specifically, then uh, we've decided to, as a leadership, and elder, and elder, our elders have decided. Look, we're get, we want at least five locally, and by local we, we mean that lower mainland, BC, that kind of thing. Lo, we want at least five in the next ten years, which is, I think, imme- immeasurably doable. I'm not immeasurably like. It's We've done two in
0: the last three years, right? Yeah,
1: it's doable. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see way more than that. And But we're also approaching this globally as well. So we're investing in partnerships with MB Mission and several other uh, mission agencies that are are involved in church planting. And we would like to see churches planted both across Canada and around the world. And so are we hoping to build more relationship with uh, our, the church planting network C2C and others to see churches planted that aren't. That we are have we have a significant part to play in their funding, their uh their vision, their right, their DNA even. So we're hoping to see that happen all around the world. And I think we put the number about twenty. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I said ten I think ten globally in, in uh ten years, but I I'm hoping at least ten, right? Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> now what
0: what happens if uh, we don't actually meet that goal? We're trying to do five in 10 years. We only hit four.
1: Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, we, uh, there was a story that one of the guys at MB mission was telling me that there's a Baptist church conference, a Baptist church uh, organization in Africa. I think it, it was, was Brazil. I think it was Brazil. Yeah. And they were trying to plant, uh, I think a thousand churches in a number of years and they only got 700. Yeah. Oh, too bad. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so if that's failure, we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Some, the, you know, it's not easy to plant churches, and there are always people involved and challenges involved, and and sometimes the Lord doesn't open the doors that you expect him to, and yet He opens other ones. But I don't know. I I just think the Lord is pleased with us getting on board with what He's trying to do in the world, and I, His desire is to see this happen, and I pray that through His, uh, you know, His grace that we could be a part of it. Um, I mean, I'm super excited about this. This is something that, I mean, I'm 45 years old and I want to spend the next 20, 30 years of my life doing this kind of work. Yeah. Seeing, you can imagine, you know, you can imagine in 20 years, 30 years, uh, if you, we we remain committed to that, then we are sacrificial in terms of our giving and our time and our staff and others, you know, giving people away and. You can imagine the kind of both influence and church, the influence in existing churches, but also how many other churches that would be planted and renewed. And I mean, you could really see a massive gospel renewal in this region. Yeah. Be awesome. No. Amen. That'd be amazing.
0: Uh, And so that's, that's part of the, I guess the plan. There's another part that's more local with this Abbotsford campus. Yeah. Which is part of the making disciples part, making yeah. healthy
1: disciples. It's, uh, I mean, it's not, in my opinion, the major part of the, the vision, but at the same time, it is a significant aspect to what it is that we, we're we doing here in our in our town. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what what is the future for us on this campus look like? What is the best way for us 10 years, 15 years from now? What, what do we want Northview to be? Uh, by Northview, I mean like on this campus, the Abbotsford campus, and how, how? What is the best way for us to make good disciples in this setting? And so our our approach has been that our three services on Sunday morning thing with one hour services as the as the main spiritual input in the life of people is just not cutting it. Yeah, because you talked about that for the most part people have very busy lives and sometimes it's only Sunday mornings, the only time that they get to. Oh, um, Yeah. The vast, the, the majority of people who come to Northview that, that Sunday morning is the time that they, mm-hmm. that they have. And so you start thinking, okay, what kinds of things go into the discipleship of people? Well, certainly there's, there, there's the teaching them to obey all that I commanded you, mm-hmm. which is a, the ma- massive piece of it. But there's also the community life. I mean, that's, it's one thing to go to a church. It's another thing to, to be in the church. Do yeah. you know what I mean? To be in, to be the church, to be a church body, to right. Be, and to be part of that. And you need to be plugged in. And so I, I even this weekend, I, I read the passage out of acts two, which talks about the giving of one. And you know, somebody has a need in the body and somebody sells a piece of property and gives to that person. And that kind of having everything in common mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't happen just out of the blue, or even naturally. That's a supernatural thing. When it, ha- it happens, actually, when people get to know each other. And people get to know each other because they've spent time with each other. Mm-hmm. Right now, we don't spend time with each other. And uh, we want you to get involved in our week weekly stuff, right? Our men's ministry, women's ministry, um, youth, all that kind of stuff. But a lot of people, that's not going to happen because they're so busy in their lives. And they have all sorts of reasons for that. So yeah. what we want to do is maximize what happens here on Sunday mornings. From now until forever, because we—I don't think that uh, life in the Western world is going to get a whole lot less busy. Less well, less busy. Yeah, especially yeah. in in exurban and suburban settings like ours.
0: Yeah. So one solution to that is uh, build a new building.
1: Yeah. I mean, the problem is right now that we went to three services, and we if we have if we have two services on a Sunday morning, the it, it's just there's so many people, it's just packed. In mm-hmm. fact, and so that the the growth of our church is actually stalled. Um, so we went to three services, but the challenge there is that you can't, it's very difficult to get people to go to church at eight 30 in the morning, as much as you try and try and you ask and want them to, and reward them with food and all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's difficult to get people to go at eight 30 in the morning. It's also kind of difficult for them to go at 1130. It's a little, it's a little late yeah. and we can complain about all the reasons why that is in our culture. Oh, people shouldn't be that, you know, whatever. But the fact is that a 10 o'clock service is the most suitable time for them if you do three services and one of them is at 10. Mm -hmm. Especially to the newcomer. Right. And so what do you do? Our 10 o'clock service is just absolutely very jam full. Yeah. And so at, at all, you know, at our venues. And so what we've said is, look, back when we had a 9 and 11, both of those services tended to be, pretty equal in their number. And they, they both were uh, appealing to different segments. So nine and 11 works. Uh, we can spread people pretty evenly between them. It works for our children's ministry. It works certainly for the new mu- wor- worship ministries and that, uh, the other stuff, but we don't have enough space in our worship center or uh, in all of our venues combined, we don't have enough mm-hmm. space. So what we're saying is, um, we, we need to be thinking about, uh, a building. The cheapest way to do this, we talked about renovating the existing one. Yeah, why don't we just renovate That's it? That's expensive, like massively expensive, because it's a wood frame construction, and there's all sorts of issues regarding the exi- the structure itself that would have to be changed, and in the end, you only get essentially about 500 more seats. Well, I mean, how many years out of it, too, will you oh, get out of it? Oh, and then it won't, yeah, the... the in order to because it's wood frame uh, it's you're always working with something that's not quite as good as say a a tilt-up they call a tilt-up concrete mm-hmm. structure so we've gone down that path uh our office building is tilt-up yeah up. it is it's a, what they call a 100-year building it's supposed to be there supposed to like last through nuclear war <laughs> just okay so um anyway i the so that's the, the, the idea as all the, the stewardship people and all the accountants and everybody's gone through it, which is actually funny. I mean, Northview is a very, um, uh, very stewarding church. And my experience has been that very few of us like to spend an awful lot of money on uh, on buildings and these sorts of things. And yet it just because of God bringing more people and our desire to see them taken care of and being hospitable to them. It just tends to be that we've had to, we have had to build some things. Yeah. Um, I don't think Northview actually, uh, the the last time we built anything having to do with worship space, built something was, it would have been when they expanded the, the worship center from half to what it is now. And that was, man, late eighties, early nineties, I think. So, you know, it's, that's a, that's a while. Yeah. Right. You're looking at 30 years ago now. So I, uh, it's been a long time uh, coming, and we've tried every other avenue. This is the cheapest, most long-term beneficial approach to it hmm. at this particular point. So so, so I there are some other options that we are still working at, and doing this does not preclude us from from finding other sites in Abbotsford even that we could... We could have church. We, we Like I said earlier, we're interested in looking at stuff in East Abbotsford. We're interested in looking at other opportunities. It's just the, the land's really expensive yeah. in Abbotsford. So if you want to go and you actually want to have a, a long-term structure in those places, yeah, it's going to well, be really difficult. Talking about it was like an acre in Burnaby was $8 million. Yeah. So there's a church in Burnaby that's for sale right now. And it's uh, it's $8.8 million uh, the church holds about two se- 260, 270, and it has very little parking, and it's very run down. Mm-hmm. So it's 8.8 million for that. This is what's so hard about plant- uh, about churches. What's cool about that site, though, is in Burnaby, it has the zoning for a church. This They gave it years and years and years and years ago when when the culture was a little bit more amenable to church buildings. Yeah, But if that property sells and goes into housing that zoning's gone and that will never be a church there again well no there won't be a church there again and the likelihood of uh, you know secular city councils giving uh, building you know giving zoning to more churches is is not massively high this is a challenge that's been happening around the world mm-hmm. it, it's very difficult to get zoning. In lots of places for churches. I mean, you go to talk to people in Europe. This is a real challenge. Yeah. So we want to keep the zoning if we can. We want to see if we can make sure that we use, in other words, use the properties that we have zoned for church meetings as to the best of their our ability at this present moment. So we're investigating other places like that, but ultimately we just think that the, the atmosphere is supposed to grow the city wants us to densify. All of those things seem to push in the direction of saying, actually, this building uh, another worship center on our property is 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 a good idea. It's a, it's a reasonable and a well-stewarded. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, said, you know, like a, I said I, again, uh, it uh, Steve Weens, our executive pastor, when I first hired him, he said to me, uh, I you don't want to build anything, do you? (laughs) And I said, no, I I have no desire to build anything at all. I like, honestly, I just want to, we just want to reach people with the gospel, teach, teach, obey all that Christ commanded them, you know? But ever since he started his, his job here at Northview, he's actually been involved in building programs. So we we the ministry center, which was sorely needed for children's ministry space and our offices, and then ultimately MB Mission came as part of that too, which was awesome and is. And C to C the church planting board or the church planting organization is now housed in our property too, with MB Mission. So all of that stuff came and that was cool. And Steve was involved in that. And then, uh, the stuff having to do with MIT in mission (laughs) and the building that we had, we basically adopted and took the debt and took the debt and then finished it off that he was involved heavily in that. And then we took on tri city, which needed, uh, some the church that they, we ended up inheriting needed some pretty significant renovations. And he's been involved in that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a poor guy. (laughs) He is. He's so beaten down. Well, numbers wise then,
0: uh, ballpark, what are we looking at? Jeff, like, what are we talking about? Uh, when you say, what do you, Ballpark for Ballpark money. This is going to cost, how much is it going to cost us for a building and for oh, planting I, new churches? Uh, my hope
1: is that we as a church are able to raise between 20 and 25 million dollars over the next 10 years. Okay. Yeah. That's actually not as unrealistic as you might think. Uh, it, what I'm, what, what that essentially does is if you, if you do the numbers, if, if, if only half of the people who currently give money to Northview. If only half of them decided to raise their giving by $200 a month, we would have $25 million in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in real terms, all I'm suggesting is that the people of our church, each person who gives, right? We call those giving units. Mm -hmm. Say, before God, can can I set aside $200 a month, 50 bucks a week for... For the furtherance of God's kingdom, both here in Abbotsford and and around the world through church plants. Yeah, I, I don't think some people should do more than that, honestly, because if they look at their situation, they should say, "Well, actually, Lord's blessed me a bit more, right?" To Him who much has been given, much is required. Yeah, parable talents. And others should should go will say, "Oh, that's that's way too much." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, you just you just go before God." Mm -hmm. You know, my wife and I have had to do the very thing and it's, you know, we, we, we've always tried to give sacrificially and this will be more of a sacrifice, especially at this stage of my, my, my life, which is my college kids and, uh, and high school kids and, and, uh, all that sort of stuff. And I, yeah, we're involved in sports and all the other stuff that costs a lot of money. So, uh, and you know, gas prices are ridiculous and I get it all of those things, but I got, God owns the cattle on a thousand Hills and he's actually isn't given us. uh, You'd be surprised if you take a risk financially to give to the Lord and especially to give to missions that he, he promises actually, this is no kidding, in, in Philippians four, where the apostle Paul's writing a thank you letter to the church in Philippi for giving him a financial gift. Mm-hmm. At the end, he, he says, and my God will supply all your needs according to your riches his riches in Christ Jesus. And I, I think that in other words, that you you will never be needy yeah. with God when it comes to, if you're committed to sacrificially giving to the mission. And when I when I say that, don't I'm not saying that you're going to I'm that's not a prosperity teaching thing. I'm not saying, "Hey, give money so you got you'll get more money back." I'm that's not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm suggesting though that the Lord uh, the, that the Lord will make sure that your needs are met. Your needs, note the word, mm-hmm. <laughs> are met. Uh, maybe in the way you didn't plan it, but he will make sure your needs are met if you're willing to if you're willing to commit yourself to giving money to his mission. That's a cool thought. Oh yeah, Anything I just don't on a, we on don't, a personal don't, level too. Yeah, we don't tend to believe it though. No, I mean the numbers I just threw out are not outrageous numbers, yeah. and that's it's. it's uh, yeah, I, I do think though, the the punch that you could get after twenty or ten years. Yeah, uh, you know if every if every giving unit in our church gave, it would take five years. So if everybody who gives money to Northview said, okay, two hundred dollars more, it would take us five years to raise twenty five million dollars. And Northview's not a poor church. No. So by no means. Yeah. So we'll take sacrifice.
0: So okay, we build a new building, or that's a lot of money that we can toss
1: towards missions. Is this is this more sustainable, do you think, for the long term? Yeah. You know, actually that's the goal. It's funny you say that because I mean I've heard that as kind of a, from some people as a critique. We should just give all this money to missions. I I totally agree with you. I I would say that we are, (laughs) Uh, but what they mean by that is money to missions outside of our church. Uh, I want to say that that's, that is my heart ultimately is to make Northview such an engine that the amount of money that could be raised for global missions, and by global, I mean both here and around the world surpasses that that we would have if we just didn't do this. Do you understand? Yeah. So, in other words, my my goal is actually for the t- to uh, to build and to plant, so that there are more and more of these little mission engines being built, and lar- the, a larger mission engine here. So that more people come to faith in Christ and more people learn to follow Him and give themselves completely over to Him, including their finances, so that we can then generate more of that money, so that we can plant more churches in places like Thailand and the Lower Mainland and around Canada. Yeah. So I'm saying that if you do the numbers after 20 years, you might think, "Oh, that's a lot of money in the front." Of, you know, 25 million. That, by the way, that's not 25 million for the, for the uh, the building. The building, no. But you might say, well, that's gonna, a lot of that's going to be building. You know, like 10 to 15, it it'll be building. Sure. Right. Okay? Plus other renovations. But I'm and- going to tell you that, fine, the, the cost of those things uh, will be so surpassed by the amount of money that we are were, we were able to raise for missions because mm-hmm. of the proliferation and multiplication of churches. Yeah. There'll be just more and more people were able to, it's honestly, it's, it's a simple, uh, franchise model on un- yeah. ultimately.
0: Well, yeah. From a business point of view, it makes sense. If you, if you can expand and have more people coming to your restaurant, yeah. they're going to be spending more money, Yeah, and which means that you, can you, you have more, <laughs> more revenue, you can, you can expand more right. and, uh, and then I end up doing more
1: Absolutely. feeding. Absolutely. Absolutely. So,
0: all so, and especially if we consider how Abbotsford's going to be growing, we want to make sure from a mission standpoint that there's r- like room in the auditorium
1: for people to hear the gospel yeah, and to be made disciples. But also that at times when they're, a- when they're, th- it's it's feasible and they're able to come, like not yeah. nine and 11. If you're new, if yeah. you're a new believer or if you're somebody who's interested in the faith, It's not outrageous for you to come at nine o'clock on a Sunday or 11. Yeah. 8.30 and 11.30 is a little bit harder for you. And I know, I don't know why I'm just telling you, I wish, wish it wasn't the case because then we could just do three services, but yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to someone then that this is,
0: is not just materialistic, right? This is.
1: Yeah. You know, I hear, I, I, I totally, I mean, in my heart, I understand that I, If you don't mind me saying so, there's a, that's a little bit of an easy response, okay? And it also buys into a certain viewpoint about Christianity that I don't necessarily think is true. So let me explain what I mean. Uh, it's an easy response because it's it's cynical and it, it ends up imputing motives to people that I don't know are true. So for you to say, oh, you just want to build a building because you're materialistic and you like nice things and want to have a bigger building. So it's a big padding your ego. Well, you that's, uh, that's really the word despicables in my mind, <laughs> you yeah. know, like you're accusing me or others of wanting to have our name in lights. That's actually not even remotely the case. Mm-hmm. We want to see the kingdom of God flourish and we want to see the gospel go forward. Uh, we think that this is a suitable way for it to happen. So uh, believe, we hope that you believe the best in us. Um, I would, I would also say that uh Oh, my man, my train of thought just wrong. Remind me of the question. The materialistic. Oh, the material. Yes. Materialism. I would also say that there's a viewpoint among Christians, quite honestly, that you, that I come across from time to time. And I won't mention some of the books, but there are books by people who I love and think they're wonderful. And there's a, there's there's a truth in what they're saying. And what they're saying is that as an ascetic life is a, is a, is the best kind of life do you, do you understand what I mean yeah, setting poor having like right. very minimal life right and there are people who talk about wartime lifestyles that we should be having while we're on this side of heaven and all. I totally understand their impulse they're saying you know what maximize God has given you what you've given he's given you so that you can multiply what it is that he for his purposes so I get I get that I do think however that the Bible does not embrace asceticism. Doesn't embrace monkism. It it does not. We even have passages saying that God gives us everything we need that we might enjoy life.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so there is be, being made in the image of God and being creatures in this world. Is we love we like beauty. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we like the uh, taste of food. right? like the t- good food. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with sitting on, in the sunshine mm-hmm. it, on a beach somewhere. Well, these are things God has given us to enjoy. Ab- and they, absolutely. They show now, parts of who he is. Now, and- can, you, can you turn those into idols? Yes. Do we? Oh, yeah. So do we put a big warning sign over it? Yes. But we don't respond to it by saying, well, the only good life, the only good way churches should act is by being ascetic, yeah. by not having anything. Uh, I, this is a challenge that doesn't just exist at Northview. It exists all over the world. I was in a church in New Zealand and this was one of the issues that came up when we, this is one of the issues that came up when we started talking about building a building there. Um, that, you know, again, I was not thrilled with the idea of asking people for money or anything to that effect, but when it came, I came quite clear that most of the people, I mean, we had a roof was leaking there. It's funny. Same thing here, right? Mm -hmm. Like Matt, like we, it was just our. If you came to our church, you would have been like, "Wow, it's kind of run down and decrepit and all that sort of stuff." And that people were kind of proud of that right. there because it was a kind of a it was a sign that we were more committed to to mission and to people and stuff, and yet. And yet when you ask people, we're not in our church, if they thought that we were more committed to people and mission, they said, no, clearly you're not because of the state of your facility. Yeah. So when it's not very inviting to the outsider. <laughs> right. And so I, my, my point ultimately is that I think that, I think that we got to be careful by saying that the aesthetic life is the best life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is possible for you to make, you, you know, to ha- have nice things. I have no problem. If you in your house, you decide to buy a pair of uh, some leather couches today or, Buy a car that you like driving, or any of that sort of thing. I think that's all wonderful. So, the question ultimately becomes: is Is this the best use of money at this present time for the church? Is this the best best way to move the mission forward in our in our setting? And like I said before, it is the ch- it is the cheapest option in the long run to yeah. build a building here, right? Uh, if you want to move forward as a church, and by forward I mean if you want to see more people come to our come come to church here, or yeah. Involved also growing grow in, in their discipleship. Yeah, one of the, the other thing- challenges when you plant churches too, just so you know, the reason that all these churches these days aren't able to plant churches right now is because we just don't have pastors. Yeah. So on paper, you end up saying, well, let's go out and let's plant this church over in that location. And my response is, okay, well, with who? And oh, uh, 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 it's much easier to say these things on paper and to say, well, what happens if we just go and plant all these churches? Great. Yeah. With what money, with who and long term, how are we going to get more of the money so that we get like, so when you stop and you think about it, actually, what if if you end up utilizing what you've got, meaning that we don't have to buy property here Mm -hmm. and you build a facility that's large enough for, to, to, to where people can worship and have some room for growth. Then I think that what you end up doing is in the long run. And I know you end up doing is you, you end up producing more opportunity for people in the long run to both come to faith in Christ in here or hear the word preached here. And also to generate the funds so that we can plant more,
0: but also be sustained and, and finish the race. Right. Cause they're connected and yeah, staying I mean, in some a p- local church. And-
1: yeah. Also at some point you're going to have to replace the, the wood frame construction building that we have. Right. And then that's the other thing is that it's going to be cheaper yeah. to do it today than it is in 10 years or five years or whatever. Yeah. It just is. It's true.
0: Well, Jeff, this has been good. I mean, I, uh, we want to make this just, so people can listen, hear it and get a little more insight into the building. But I'm, I'm particularly excited about, you know, if we go forward on the building that opens up so many other spaces that people can just linger afterwards. I know as a young adult, it feels like we're in there. We want to talk with our friends, but it's like, Hey, you're welcome here, but you got to leave.
1: Yeah. What's cool about this whole thing is it, you know, on our campus is if, if we are able to, to do what we're planning on doing with with building is that when I first came to Northview, there was a breakfast thing that we used to have between services. Cinnamon buns. Yeah, man. But it was was all in center court. It was amazing. It was the greatest place to meet people. It's how I got to know lots of people from the church. Is you just go and you have something to eat and people get talking in the hallways and then they're like, hey, why don't you come with me and we'll just sit down and we'll chat. People, we always, we, Jesus Loved eating together with people. It was a way to show show, show his friendship toward them, and I, it's the, it's the way our culture does it too. And so we want to provide places like that, so that you don't need to hurry away. We also are hoping to have some some spaces where you can just linger. We also are hoping to have some other uh, opportunities for growth and learning, like some of our theology, life, and culture classes, maybe to run on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And So you go to a church service and yep. then go to an additional teaching, right? A more of a culture thing. Yep yep that's cool we want to maximize the time that you you are here i love so, it yeah it's great well jeff thanks for your time and thank you for listening
0: okay well, well jeff thank you for listening, I was listening, to, listening you were listening to okay you know people always <laughs> this is a people always ask you know do you ever listen to podcasts afterwards i say no i lived it <laughs> i lived the podcast all right well you lived this one i did okay thanks for listening